Welcome to the Dumb Idea Podcast with Mike and Alex. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you enjoy the show. Please like, subscribe, comment, and share this video or podcast on any platform that you're listening on. Please visit us at www.dumbideapodcast.com. All right, welcome back. So, last few episodes have been fun, talking about some funny stuff, but this one... We we did uh, our first episode that we ever did. We were making fun of how the Ever Given ship, the the cargo ship, got stuck in the Suez Canal. Like they just parked it diagonally and just got stuck, and it blocked up the Suez Canal. And we were talking about how yeah, you know, the Suez Canal uh, carries so many cargo ships, and it affects the world's commerce. Um. And little do we know how bad the the world supply chain would get. Um, and not necessarily from that instance. It was, now it has more to do, well, there's a lot of factors, one of which has to do with truck drivers. Um, but we had, we had actually alluded to the truck driver issue in the gas shortage mm-hmm. episode that we did. So that we're kind of, we're kind of coming back to two episodes that we did the very first one. And I don't remember which one the gas one was, but uh, the, when the, the colonial pipeline got hacked, everyone blamed the, the gasoline shortage on that when it was really the lack of truck drivers. And now not in the gas situation fixed itself within about two weeks, but now we're talking about a supply chain issue on a much larger scale. Um, to the point where I believe at the last count there were 57 cargo ships off the coast of uh, the port of L.A. and Long Beach Mm -hmm. just sitting there waiting to be unloaded. And there's been a lot of talk about who or what is to blame for this. Um, From what I understand, and you probably have a different perspective on this than I do, the two things that I've heard about are the lack of truck drivers, uh, because when the pandemic hit, uh, for whatever reason, someone thought it was going to be a great idea to let truck drivers go. Yeah. Um, and then another portion of them just decided to retire, which was, it was an aging population that just said, okay, if the hours aren't there and the miles aren't there, then I'm going to retire because I got the money to. And then the other issue, and this is something people probably don't realize, is that as... The longshoremen are taking these cargo containers off the ships. They put them directly on the back of a truck. And the truck then takes the cargo container out of the yard, the shipyard. And the container gets usually gets offloaded into a warehouse. from the, And then from there, uh, regular over-the-road trucks take it to wherever it's got to go. And that truck then goes back to the port to go get another container and it returns the container, the empty container, the shipping one. So another problem that these yards are having is because there's very little going back to China or wherever it's going, they're not they're not filling up these containers with cargo to go back to China, so they're literally just sitting in the yard. Empty. Ta- empty taking and space. taking up space. Um, and they're running out of room to put it to the point where they've rented storage lots and racetracks and other things where they can store these things. Um, 
which then leads to another issue because they're not going back on ships and going back to China. Now China has a shortage of cargo containers, <laughs> so they can't send the stuff over here. Yeah. Um, so it's just one ca- cascading failure, failure, failure. And yeah. uh, yeah, there are some other things. like There's a, a bill that was apparently passed in 2020 in California called AB5, which uh, stands for Assembly Bill 5, and it has to do with independent contractors. So they were doing it to regulate the the gig industry. So Uber, Lyft, DoorDash, all that stuff. And I think, as I understand it, owner-operators fell into that. Ugh. So a lot of these trucks, like you'll see the big companies like Schneider, um, <clears throat> was it, ABF, mm-hmm. um, the, diff, you know, the, the, big, uh, the big trucking companies. But even those trucks... Sometimes you'll have an owner-op pulling that trailer. Right. So the owner-op owns the truck, just the, the, the tractor part of the tractor trailer, and operates it. So that dude's getting the entire cost of... That dude's making a, more money than if he worked for another company because he uh, also owns the equipment. Right. But he has to maintain the equipment. Um, and I'm not that up on AB5... But it was an attempt to make, to kind of give the Uber and Lyft drivers like more, more benefits, more of a fair shake. But it's one of those laws that feels good to do, but no one considered the second and third order consequences. Right. And like a lot of these laws that feel good, people don't consider what's down the line. Um, there's another law they passed in California that has to do with with uh, with diesel engines and, and how they want to switch everything to green. So all these owner-ops like, well, I'm not going to operate a truck here if in 10 years it's not going to be any good. I'm, I'm just going to leave the leave the business or go someplace else. Yeah, they. I, I remember seeing something about that where uh, truck drivers in even like Oregon and, and Washington mm-hmm. can't, like they can't basically move a workforce, like a surge workforce down to California because their trucks don't meet the, yeah. the emission standards yeah. in California. Um, so, like, any truck drivers from Arizona, Nevada, like, if truck drivers are willing to go, they can't even go. Yeah. So, so it's just this big – and, again, something that felt really good. And I, anyone that's – I've never been to Los Angeles, and I could probably go the rest of my life without having gone there and be just fine. But the smog in the city was bad, and those laws were all designed to reduce that. And I, I'll never forget, like, when you'd hear, uh, when they give a, a car away on the prices, right? And they say that California emissions, pretty much every passenger car is going to be carb compliant. Right. Uh, but the big, the trucks might not be because it's expensive to, to get them to that point. Well, plus trucks last for a really long time. Oh, yeah. They're putting so, a million miles on these things. Yeah. So, I mean, you can have a truck that's 10 years old mm-hmm. that won't meet whatever new standards they put in place. Yeah. But what the but again, not considering second and third order order consequences. Yeah, this makes you feel good. And you say we're doing something for the environment, but you're screwing everything else up. Um, and then another th- apparently the the port of Long Beach Long Beach doesn't operate twenty four hours. Right. So, so the port of L A does. Yeah. The port of Long Beach does. Right, and Long Beach is the bigger port. Is it? Uh, yeah. So that's another issue, and that I think was a you know the longshoremen was that's they didn't want to work twenty four hours. Well, you know so. Yeah. Um, there's just a bunch of things that are kind of coming to a head right now. And, you know, it's, it's like it, it got real 
the other day for me, I went through a Dunkin' Donuts drive-thru. No, I was only getting coffee. Um, but there's a sign on the little speaker thing. Said due to supply chain issues, we have no donuts. I'm like, we're right. down to donuts. Right. Donuts? <laughs> this is flour and sugar. <laughs> like, we have donuts. Right. So, you know, that's that <laughs> shit got real. Yeah. Like that's in your name. Yeah, donuts. Right. It was just, you got no no donuts. And right. Donuts. And without the donuts, you can't do the Dunkin'. What no. do you? That's what you dunk. Well, can you imagine? You're like, nothing. Well, you've been to the Northeast. Dunkin' Donuts is like religion up there. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine if they put down, we have no donuts, yeah. Dunkin' Donuts up there? Yeah, in Boston, they just call it Dunkin'. Yeah, you might as well not have coffee either. <laughs> that place, honestly, you want to shut down the Northeast? Take coffee and donuts away from Dunkin' Donuts, that place will shut down. Oh, yeah. The entire Northeast. Yeah. Gone. Yeah. Boston will be like a riot. <laughs> right? right? <laughs> really? <laughs> but, you know, so you, so you look at, at, at that, and then I think when it starts to affect everyday Americans, and you see it. So, um, and people have been seeing shortages of stuff since COVID started. And a lot of it was just panic buying, um, you know, people buying toilet paper, people buying all the chicken, people buying all the everything. And I saw a meme. It said, you know, if you're buying all the toilet paper because of COVID, buy all the condoms too. So you don't spread your jeans around (laughs) (laughs) like, um, but, but now when you go into the supermarket, like you see it all the time, you know, especially me. Yeah, but meat the meat one's got a, it's got something to do with the packing plants, I guess. I mean, part of it's truck drivers. Like, yeah. the, if you didn't, if people didn't understand how important trucks are to this country, yeah, you do now. Yeah, um, and I, I look, and it, this is where the educational system has failed. The fact that they don't, I guarantee, there's there's very few high schools in this country. That present truck over the road truck or on the road truck driving as a viable job. Yeah, you can make a hundred grand a year driving a truck. Oh yeah, if you like that lifestyle, you can make a hundred thousand dollars, and you really don't have a housing cost because you're living in that truck. Yeah, especially if you're if young, you're a young, young single dude. Yeah, I mean, look, and plus, I mean, look all the all these SJs and ZJs you want at the rest area. You know, mm-hmm. think you know for that, <laughs> the, for lot, that the lot lizards for the for the old for the <laughs> oldest uh, profession out there. Yeah, you now you can, you know, what was it from uh, Super Troopers? Yeah. <laughs> you can get an HJ. What was it? You can get an SJ, an HJ, a ZJ. And he goes, "What's a ZJ?" <laughs> if you got asked, brother, you don't want to know. <laughs> but I mean, it, yeah, if you don't, if people don't understand. Truck drivers, because we have our interstate system, I mean, the interstate system was made for commerce, interstate commerce. Yeah. And truckers, man, you drive on any highway, that's what you see. Yeah. I mean, they're not there for cars. As much as people want to think that the interstate highway system is there for cars, oh, heck no. It was there for, it was put there for interstate commerce. Mm-hmm. And it's there for trucks. And you lose truck drivers, you lose the ability to move goods and services throughout this country. Yeah. So I, th- I think part of the packing, the meat packing plant issue is that, um, one, they got, their workforce got hit by COVID. Oh, yeah. Um, so they had to shut down for a little while, but it, someone was saying that it's not a matter of there being a lack of meat right now. It's a lack of, uh, processing capability or, uh, capacity right now. Yeah. So you got the lack of processing capacity. You got the lack of truck drivers right now. 
like how how do you get yourself out of that? I mean, I'm sure the packing industry, like Tyson Foods, is not a small company. No. Um, I think it's Tyson and Purdue are two of the largest chicken producers in this country. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Eastern Shores, but Purdue owns that place. Yeah, yeah, and they're not in the business to make less money because the more chicken they move, the more they make. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not because they have lack of chickens. Right. So what do you do? Like, how do you fix that? I mean, so you got the issue at the ports. Now I know what some of the ports are doing is like the port of Baltimore just got 10 new contracts. Mm-hmm. So 10 new ships are going in there now. Yeah. And then uh, I think DeSantis, you know, they're rerouting ships. He op- like come to Florida and now they're rerouting. But the thing is so much of this stuff is coming from China yeah. and from, from East Asia that, the closest port is Long Beach well, yeah, yeah. and Los Angeles. Or then you don't have to go through the Panama Canal, which incurs extra costs. You have extra fuel costs, all these you know, additional costs of getting the ship to an East Coast port right. that they'd rather not do. But so many of them, like, the, the visuals are crazy. You just see the ships at anchor out there yep. just waiting to, to, uh, to come in. Well, I know some have gone to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's the San Jose has one. I'm not, I'm not sure about that. Seattle has a port. Um, Baltimore can, the, the weird thing with Baltimore is it's a central port. So people like to like cars go there. A lot of cars. Yeah. Go there. Um, there's a lot of domestic cars go there cause they come f- mm-hmm. through the, uh, great lakes and then, then down into Baltimore. Yep. Um, but the problem with Baltimore is the Bay bridge. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't fit the 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 mega tankers or the mega the mega ships. Yeah, through there, you can, it, it won't fit under the Bay Bridge. Right. Um. So, Baltimore's a great port, and they're set up to take more ships, but you can only have certain size ships go there. Yeah. Which is why, like, Royal Caribbean and Carnival, they the, they sail out of Baltimore. Right. But you I've, get their, I cruised out of Baltimore. It's me too. Yeah. But you get their smaller ships. You're not getting the newest, the latest, the greatest. Right. Like, They're going out of Florida. Right. Uh, Oasis of the Seas is not coming to yeah. to, to to Baltimore. It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't fit under that bridge. Now, they have talked about, they're talking about replacing the bridge. In fact, the county, I think the county council, when we, we talked to Amanda, she this was long before this vote took place, Um the county council, I think, voted seven to one mm-hmm. to they want to replace both spans with one bridge. Yeah, and I think what they would do is they'd make it high enough to get those big ships through. Right, which will help the port of Baltimore. Now, what about the key bridge? Can they fit under the key bridge? That's, that's the, I forgot about that one. Yeah, too. yeah, that might be an issue too. Although I'm not sure which. I think the Bay Bridge right now. I mean, you could. You're probably right. It, I think if you fix one, you don't fix the other one. Never mind the fact the Bay Bridge is friggin' high. Yeah. Like super high, like mm-hmm. I hate that bridge. <laughs> I hate both spans, but at least, but here's the thing though: if they replaced the two the two lane and the three lane spans, if they replaced it with one eight lane span, four on each on, on each side, I'd be much better off. Yeah, like I could just go in the middle and right. chill. Right, I wouldn't have to see anything. <laughs> but I mean, I feel like when you go on that bridge, like you're literally just, especially on the two lane span, it feels like you were literally just. 
just hanging in the sky. Especially if you're if you're in a, a truck or a oh, tall vehicle. My God. You can't even see the guard. The the westbound spans is weird because the guardrails are the metal ones oh. that you can see through. I'm gonna put my pants talking about this. <laughs> Dude, it's so bad. Yeah. No, I've been under it on a cru- on the cruise ship, but I've been under it plenty fishing. Because you go jig the pilings of the Bay Bridge, and you look up, it just looks like a... It, it is... You think it's high from up there? From down there, I mean, it's like a ribbon. Yeah. It looks... And it's... When we went under it on the cruise, or standing on the Lido deck up top, and I'm like, this thing's hitting the bridge. It didn't. I mean, there's plenty of clearance, but you think, like, you could reach out, reach up and touch the the yeah. uh, the span, so... Yeah, it... it to me, that bridge is just dry. Like for some, like I can go over the Delaware Bay Bridge, fine. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if it has something to do with the approach angle, like if, if the banks are higher. Yeah. So like you don't feel like you're going up at a steep angle, right? Like you are with the Bay Bridge. Yeah, because the Bay Bridge almost feels like you're climbing out of an airport. Yes. So yeah, it does. Like, <laughs> and then it turns. Yeah. At the same time, and if you're stuck on it, it bounces. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, like I, I drove over, like it didn't used to bother me as much as it does now, but like I'm the type of person where if I go up on a ladder high enough, I'll get dizzy. Yeah, I don't like being on ladders. So, but last time I drove in a car, like I drove in an SUV on that bridge, probably about a month or two ago, I was getting like sweaty, mm-hmm. like, like I thought this was like gonna be lights out at one point. Like, I was like, "Oh my god, I'm gonna crash on this bridge." Well, you, there's that surface that'll you could pay the dude forty bucks to drive you over. Like, if I got my wife, my wife will drive over. She <laughs> you have she, to pay her anything. Yeah, she, all right. Yeah, she got nerves of steel. She'll yeah. go over no problem. Me, I'm apparently I'm just gonna pass out, <laughs> which is the, the weirdest thing. I mean, because like I, I've driven like we've got our RV, our Class A RV, and I can go over that Susquehanna bridge just fine. Mm-hmm. Now the Susquehanna one, it's. It's there's no up. It's like it, it's like it, a big overpass, right? The 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 ingress and egress of it is level with the bridge, yeah. And the bridge is straight. In fact, if you're coming from the north, you go, come down into it, yeah. So, but by the time you get on, like it's a it's, it's a yeah. flat approach once you get to yeah. it for the most part, like. Um, and that's only a four laner, yeah, and it's kind of high, and I have no issues with that one. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's kind of like the roller coaster effect. The part that gets me is the going up. Yeah. The steep approach. And then the rest of it's fine. Um, but, it, yeah, it, there were, there was definitely, the last time I was on that, on that going on that bridge, there was definitely some uh, some lightheadedness <laughs> going on. Some upholstery being consumed by the, uh, <sighs> by there, the posterior. <laughs> there there might have been a, a streak or two <laughs> in that underwear. But, um, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, um, but I guess Baltimore's out as a port then for those real big ships. Yep. But uh, I wonder, but here's, say Long Beach, there's some nat- natural disaster. What would then be the contingency plan? And no one thought of that. You know, what What had anyone thought of that would, you know, if there was some Hurricane Katrina type event that occurred at Long Beach in Los Angeles and knocked those two ports out, where does everything go? You know, and right. but then you're not going to have the other subsequent issues downstream in the in the uh, the supply chain. So I, don't know, I think also it, it kind of it's kind of shown us that we're relying too much on things from overseas because we used to make all this stuff ourselves. Yeah, I think um, 
I definitely think there were certain things we could have made here. And what, look, I know Orange Man Bad did, wasn't a, f- a fan favorite amongst a lot of people, but one of the things he did, um, and a lot of people don't know the name of this company, but it's a company called Foxconn. Mm-hmm. All right, Foxconn makes those semiconductors, mm-hmm. which are all those chips that we don't have to build cars with. Foxconn yeah. makes those. Yeah, there was a deal in place for Foxconn to create a factory in Wisconsin, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were, I think, they were going to use one of the old auto plants. They're going to ref- refurbish it and fix it up, um, and possibly one in Texas, I think, too. Um, because Tesla was moving some of their operations to Texas. I think they were going there for proximity. Um, but I think after the election, mm-hmm. I think that went poo-poo. So like we, were, we were, and even like cars were, like some of the cars were starting to get built here, but then Ford backed out after the election. Mm-hmm. They're moving some manufacturing back down to Mexico where the labor is cheaper. Um, but one of the things that Orange Man did was that he basically said, look, if you make your product and try and bring it back, I'm going to tax it at 35%. Mm-hmm. For, like, when it comes over the border, I'm taxing yeah. it. And that tax was big enough to where those companies said, okay, well, it's going to be cheaper for us to make it with union labor here. Yeah. And so we were going to do that. And they were planning on bringing some manufacturing back. And um, I, th- I there were a lot of deals like that that I wish kind of got more publicity. Right. Because everyone, I know like right now, everyone, all these college educated people, and which I'm one of, but I mean, all these college educated folks who think they know what's best for the lowly blue collar worker, mm-hmm. you know, by demonizing one person, it was the one person in however many years to actually make an attempt to bring manufacturing back to the United States. Right. And one of one of me, one of the things he did was he was um, he renegotiated NAFTA, mm-hmm. but then he just went directly to those companies. And yeah. it, it wasn't even that he had to put the tax in place. Yeah, it was the threat. threat. Yeah, and once they figured out he was serious, that's when they made plans to readjust. Yeah, because. As much as people don't like to say it, it's tough to knock out an incumbent. So they were probably thinking he had another four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I've, I mean, obviously he, he, he got an H.W. Bush and you know, only got one term. But yeah. um, but these companies put these plans in place be, uh, assuming he was going to get another four years. And it's just yeah, – it's unfortunate because it could have helped a lot of people. One – I know a lot of people rail on unions, and I'm one of them. I'm mm-hmm. one of the people that say unions, union leadership can be crappy. Yeah, but unions themselves can help the ordinary worker. Yeah. Well, you, unions. I mean, you know. So, so my dad was a you know, was a old school. He worked for the government, but he was an old school union Democrat from Pittsburgh. And the thing with the unions are is really like the unions is kind of what enabled the the end of chi- you know child labor. The 40-hour work week. Like, that's some of the stuff that the unions did. We're like, hey, we're not working six days a week anymore. And because there was, you know, there was the, the time when the, the coal miners um, worked in, they worked in the mines six days a week, you know, 12-hour days. And then they lived in houses owned by the company. Everything they bought was bought at the company store. Um, they were essentially, they were paid, but then they would deduct the food 
the cost of food, cost of housing, everything out of their paycheck. So essentially they were slaves, you know, but these, the, 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 the unions kind of ended all that. Um, so now there are some ridiculous things that get put in union contracts and public sector union members get a bad, uh, you know, get a bad rap. And, and I'm not saying that some of that is not well earned. Right. Um, some of these things that come up, you know, where they're paying the guy that tightens lug nuts on, on cars, you know, $40 an hour at Ford, like, you know, um, and sometimes these unions did things that were, you know, got these contracts and the companies were so desperate to stay open that they were, they were going for this stuff. Um, one of the neat things they do in Europe is that like, so Volkswagen, the union sits on the board. Mm-hmm. So the union has an interest in making sure that they're not giving ridiculous contracts, you know, to, because it's going to hurt, it's going to hurt the company. Well, don't, so, and don't some of those European, uh, the unions don't they do profit sharing too yeah so like it's not in the union's best interest necessarily to to um have that 40 at 40 an hour lug nut guy yeah. because that does take away from profits which right. then also takes away from the union yeah and, and a lot of times i think what those stock options do for the unions is it goes into the pension fund mm-hmm. so it, it, yeah i mean you want to create that 40 an hour job for the unskilled worker, but at the same time, you don't want to screw the pension fund. It's yeah. a, it's a pretty decent model over there. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I mean, it, it does allow the union to wield a lot of power over a company. But again, though, if the, if the, if the union has stock in the company, which is, I think now the UAW has in both Ford and GM mm-hmm. because of when the bailout happened. Yeah. Uh, I think both, I think you, the UAW got a portion of the stock of those companies because mm-hmm. um, they were part of the they were part of the bailout. Yeah. Now maybe not Ford because Ford didn't take any money. No. For, uh, yeah. That was G, just cr- GM and Chrysler. Did. Yeah. Um, and Chrysler is now owned by something called Stellantis. Yeah. Which that was a big old cluster. But yeah, who knows? Who knows what happened there? But but I, but I wonder like these you know you, you had mentioned the the college educated elites that are making these decisions you know. That that when they poo pooed that thing that Orange Man Dad had set up, that it actually hurt the very people they were. They think they're helping. They think they're helping, and and the thing is, they do it all the time. Right. What what do, what do any of these policies do for for African Americans? Nothing. What do these policies do for Native Americans? Nothing. What do these policies do for for uh, for people who, for immigrants for Latinos and they're immigrating into the country? Nothing. Right. It does nothing for them, but. Yet they keep you. You see them, you know, pontificating and gyrating the talking heads on, but they're not doing anything for these people. Right. Um, you know, what are they doing for the average middle class slob like us? Nothing. So, but it's it's for whatever reason it goes back. And I, you know, we did our where we outed ourselves politically right. a couple episodes ago, and and I don't think either one of us are. You know, I was never a big Trump guy. No. Um, you know, uh, but it's it's one of those things where you kind of look at it and you're like, well, keeping those plants open here would probably if Foxconn would be here, car prices would be through through the roof, right? You, no one's offering a sweetheart financing deals right now, right? Because they're charging over they're charging over sticker for these cars. So as someone, so my mother just bought a car. Uh, yeah, so she was looking at a Kia, and I, she was looking for a Kia Sorento. Mm-hmm. The dealership 
was asking for ten grand over my circle. <laughs> See, and that used to be stuff like a Challenger Hellcat, right. you know, uh, a saline Mustang, yeah. uh, the new Supra when it comes. Like that's the stuff that you get ten grand over sticker. Well, and some, see, something fishy is going on with car companies right now. And I, I'm not talking about the, the shortage of supply. I'm talking about, for example, like the Toyota. So my mother ended up buying a RAV4. Mm-hmm. Her, her initial goal was to lease a Kia Sorento. Kia, the dealership said, we won't lease you anything. Like, we're not leasing right now. Mm-hmm. We're not le- or we're not leasing Sorrentos. Yeah, you can buy it, but you can't lease it. Right, which to me made no sense. The dealership gets paid either way. Yeah, I think with the the lease companies, because these deal, I, I don't think it's that they won't lease it. I think the lease companies won't do it if the dealership is charging ten thousand over. Right, because. I, mean, I think the other thing is the residuals on these contracts are going to get screwed. Oh, yeah. Somehow. Because three years, you no one knows right now in three years if car prices are going to tank or if they're going to stay where they are. Yeah. but I kind of think there's going to be a correction. They're going to go, they're going to tank. At some point, if supply comes back. Yeah. Yes. But right now, car companies are making record profit mm-hmm. without cars. Yeah. So maybe they don't need to. Maybe they can choke the supply mm-hmm. and just keep the prices high. Now, yeah. I don't know if that's really what they're going to do, but- um, she so going back to my mother. She she ended up going to the Toyota dealership. Now, luckily, Toyota was doing MSRP. Mm-hmm. They weren't charging over. Yeah, at the dealership she went to. Um, but they also wouldn't do a lease on a Rav Four. Yeah, they they said you can buy it, but we won't lease it to you. Right. Which to me, it just it, something doesn't make sense there. Mm-hmm. Why won't you let someone lease? Yeah, like, I can. I can see that, like, the leasing companies, that perspective with the the residuals, you know, because if you're, if they're charging, but see, at, at, at stick, at, if they're just charging MSRP for it, then. That's what I don't get. Yeah, I get the 10 grand thing. Right. Because the dealer's like, hey, I'm not going to lease you this car because I can sell it for 10 grand over ass, over sticker. And, uh, like, I'm making, the dealership's going to make more money on that than if they did, than they did if they leased it. But here's the thing. They're, they're going to get the same amount of money either way. Yeah. Like, if if, I, if you lease a car that's, mm-hmm. that's selling for, yeah you know, 55 instead of 45, the dealership still gets a check for 55. Yeah. Whether you lease it or buy it. Right. But the difference is, though, and it could be the fact that the leasing doesn't make sense anymore because you're adding that extra 10 grand of the price mm-hmm. and you're only paying it over 36 months. Right. Between, so you're basically taking that purchase price minus the residual. So let's say you bought a car, 10 grand over sticker, it's now at 55. The residual on it is 25. Mm-hmm. So rather than paying, yeah, rather than, what is it, 30 grand? Yeah. So, you're now having to cram thirty grand into a three-year payment period, yeah. Versus twenty grand yeah. into a three-year payment period, mm-hmm. so that balloons. Oh yeah, that lease payment, and so they're probably thinking, look, if you buy this and you finance it over seven years, mm-hmm. the purchase price is going to be lower than the lease payment. Yeah, but it sucks for someone that doesn't want to own the car. Well, like, no, my in-laws never, but 
So they own one car and lease the other one. Right. So the lease is up on their current car this year. But I was talking to my father-in-law, and he's thinking about buying a buying the next one. Yeah. So if they buy it, then, you know, because they were talking about what kind of car they're going to get. And I said, well, if you're leasing it, you know, the, the, it's wide open. Why don't you lease a Hyundai? Well, I, you know, I, I don't know about the reliability. You're leasing it. Who cares? Right. Because by the time it's it, gone. By the time it breaks, it's somebody else's problem. But also, Hyundai's done a like he's still in the mindset of the early '90s Hyundai's, yeah. which were just junk. Although they just had a huge recall. But yeah. <laughs> so, um, but GM's no better. No, I mean, look, I, they're they're Honda Toyota Subaru people. So yeah, I mean, I just I mean, I bought that that Chevy Equinox. I'm not. Yeah. I have no delusions that the thing is going to be rock solid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's probably. I mean, shoot, it's already having some slight transmission issues. Yeah. Like to the point. I mean, luckily though, it's under warranty. I'll take it over to the Chevy dealership and they'll figure it out. Yeah, hopefully, Chevy. <laughs> um, but like for my mom's case, like, so my mom's in her seventies. She doesn't need used car problems. Yeah. So like, if she leases it for three years, she keeps it through the warranty period, turns it back in, leases the next one. Right. She's always got a car under warranty at that point. Yeah. And. That was the advantage. That's the way we wanted her to lease it. Now, one of the reasons why we steered her to Toyota was because the RAV4 is essentially a Corolla. Right. Yeah. It's just, it's an elevated Corolla. Mm-hmm. It's got the four cylinder and the, the transmission that'll last her forever. Oh, yeah. So we went from, okay, well, if if you can't go and lease a Kia, now, don't get me wrong, she's had Kias before, they've never given her problems going back to 2006. But if she had to buy something, one, we wanted to find something she could buy at MSRP. And then two, something that was going to be reliable if she had to keep it for longer than three or four years. Because she's not going to drive it that much. It's going to stay down in Florida. Yeah. Um, so we went with the Toyota, which is a sensible option for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... If you can, I mean, we kind of moved away from supply chain, but if you're going to yeah. buy a car, find dealers that are selling at MSRP right now mm-hmm. because MSRP, believe it or not, really isn't that ballooned. The only time it gets ballooned is when the dealers are selling for over MSRP. Yeah. Um, so I, I really don't think you'll take as much of a hit um, if you buy at MSRP right now. Or if you can even lease. If you can lease and they're selling and they're doing the lease at MSRP, I think you'll be all right. Yeah. Because there are still some that are doing it. I think right now they're doing Highlanders at MSRP mm-hmm. if you wanted to lease one. Um, I think those are your best bet. But if you go with like a Kia, like you're trying to get a Kia Telluride, I think they're 15 over MSRP oh, right Oh, wow. Yeah. You're, you're in rough shape. But yeah. until they get these supply chain things figured out, good luck. I mean, it's, and it's not just cars. I mean, we were talking about food too. Yeah. I mean, one of the things we've done is we've we've started doing our Christmas shopping and, and Hanukkah shopping already. We're trying to get it knocked out this month. Yeah. Like, within the next week. Yeah, because the thing is that, that kind of kind of screws me over is I have two kids with November birthdays. <laughs> so it's like, bam, bam, and then another one with a February. So it's like, God, buying presents for these kids. Like, you don't need half this crap you have. But that's neither here nor there. 
So underwear and socks, yeah. stockings, by the way. <laughs> Cheap stocking stuffers. Yeah, yeah. No toys in that stocking. Yeah. So, yep. Candy. Candy. My dad always used to put a socks, great underwear. So our our <laughs> stocking stocking when I was a kid, there these my grandmother had knitted them. They're these like stockings, and yeah. my dad would put a grapefruit in the so it would hold the <laughs> foot the toe down. Yeah, yeah. And then the top always had a magazine rolled up mm-hmm. to keep the top open. So every year it was a grapefruit. I don't like grapefruit at the bottom, but at the top it was car and driver, which I love. So um, I had, you know, and then inside there was like when we were a kid, like toothbrush, toothpaste. So when, when, you know, older, like when high school and started shaving, like there was always like razors and shaving cream and deodorant. You had a lot of deodorant, like. You trying to tell me something? Like, yeah, you stink. Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> but take a shower. Yeah, but one of the things that 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 getting back to to supply chains, I don't think the inflation's helping at all. Um, it's, it's rough. Yeah, they and said it's, September is five percent alone. Yeah, and you know you have a shortage of supply and a whole bunch of dollars, so price is going to go up, and then just throwing more money into the economy. Uh, it's just a it's a recipe for disaster. I, I don't think you have to have a degree in economics to kind of see what's going to happen, but they're just plugging along with it. Yeah. So well, one of the things that they're doing, and the Fed, the good old Federal Reserve, just announced that they're going to, uh, they're not buying as many government bonds anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so one that should start to reduce the supply of dollars because there's going to be a large purchaser out of the bond market. Mm-hmm. The other thing that they signaled that they're probably going to do, and I, I actually think they should have done it earlier this year, was uh, raise the nominal interest rate. Mm-hmm. Essentially allow allow it so that, and basically the nominal interest rate is what banks borrow from the Federal Reserve at. Mm-hmm. So if the Federal, if the bank, like say Wells Fargo is borrowing from the Federal Reserve or the Fed, National Bank for... Zero or point two five percent, then they're only going to give you half a percent in your savings account. Yeah, um, or less. Whereas if it make they make it more expensive for the banks to borrow from them, they're going to give you more because mm-hmm. they want to encourage you to save and they need cash. Yeah. So that's what raising interest rates helps with by you saving. It takes that money out of the economy, so it creates less spending, mm-hmm. which slows inflation down. Right. Supply but, chain creates less spending, too. Well, <laughs> nothing to buy. Well, I know that's that far is simple. True. <laughs> it is true. But the problem is when you cut supply, people are willing to pay more for the supply that's there. Yeah. Because the demand is higher, right? But if you if you raise the interest rates, people are, are going to have to make that decision of, do I buy something mm-hmm. that I don't need? Or do I put my money in my savings account, which now will earn me more interest? Right. Like, it, it's more now, it's the value proposition of, because right now, you put money in your savings account, you get nothing. Yeah. There's no reason to hold on to it. It's right. not an income stream anymore. Yeah. You're literally getting maybe half a percent right now. It's crazy. Like, it's, it, the, there's no point in putting money in the savings account. Like, the different, I mean, it, most checking accounts pay a quarter of a percent. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what am I, why, why do I even need a second account? Where I'm not going to get any money. Right. Um, and what's like a CD paying right now? I, n- not even 1%. Wow. Money market account, not even 1%. Yeah. Like if you want if you want any kind of return right now, 
your safest bets, to be honest with you, are blue chip stocks like AT and T. AT and T, I think you get like four or five percent on just on dividends. Mm-hmm. Um, crypto, crypto. Look, if you <laughs> if you want to roll them dice, and look, I've got some money in the crypto. I'm not. I, look, I, I'm a proponent of Bitcoin. I don't believe in a lot of these other shit coins. Like, look, everyone, there's a lot of people that like Dogecoin, right? I love it. And I put I put a little bit of money in Doge. I think I put a hundred bucks into Doge a mm-hmm. while back. That a hundred dollars turned into, I believe, seven hundred when it oh, went yeah. on its run. Yeah, I cashed out six hundred of it, mm-hmm. so I still got a, I still got my original hundred in there. Yeah, but I made my money. <laughs> if it, if it goes to the moon, great, my hundred bucks is gonna make me a nice chunk of money. Yeah, and if it goes to zero, that's fine. I didn't lose a damn thing. Yeah, I look at my my Doge coin at well, my entire Robinhood account. I look at it like a, it's a giant scratch off. Yeah. So yeah. Doge to the moon, but I put a dollar in it like last, not last summer, the summer before, and it's worth like two hundred. Yeah. So yeah, it, I should have put I should have put a hundred into it. Yeah, so. it, it's not. I mean, for example, like even like Bitcoin. Like for me, Bitcoin, Bitcoin is for me is the equivalent of gold. And mm-hmm. I know people think that's nuts, but for me, Bitcoin it's too expensive to transact in. Yeah. Like to send it to someone else to buy something, like the uh, what people don't understand is when you pay someone else in Bitcoin, when you send Bitcoin to another wallet, you have to pay a fee for that. Yeah, it, and the same thing with uh, with Ethereum, same type of deal. You're paying to use the network, basically. Mm-hmm. It's just like you, stores usually stores pay Visa two percent of yeah. the sale, two or three percent. You're you're not paying it, or you're probably paying it indirectly because yeah. of whatever price you're paying, but. The store is paying Visa two or three percent. Well, with Bitcoin, it's, it's more expensive than that. Mm-hmm. But Bitcoin itself, as it's kind of like, if people want to kill it off, they should have killed it off four or five years ago. Yeah, before it grew, before people found value in it. So now that people see it as a store of value, they see it as something similar to gold. Um, to where I'm going to invest my money in Bitcoin. I'm going to hold on to it into this wallet. The Bitcoin wallet that's mine. Nobody else can touch it. It's not sitting in a bank account. It's not sitting. It's my. I have the keys to this. Mm-hmm. As long as I have my device and my keys, it's mine. Yeah. Um. And as long as someone still finds value in it, right? Which right now, one Bitcoin, I think it was sixty two thousand dollars. Yeah. So someone find. And, and the other thing was, um. One thing people don't realize is that I believe it was either JP Morgan or Wells Fargo. They started a Bitcoin ETF. Mm-hmm. And it was they started it when Bitcoin went from 65 down to like 30. Mm-hmm. It took a big drop. And it was like, see, oh, I told you crypto is awful. Yeah. This is Bitcoin. This is nothing. It's, ah, it's awful. Nobody should put your money in there. Meanwhile, one of these banks created an ETF for Bitcoin. For their wealthy clients only. Yeah. Only for their wealthy clients. Wealthy people don't put their money anywhere to lose it. Right. That's how they stay wealthy. <laughs> right. And all and, and oh by the way, for what, two, three months later, it's back up to sixty one. Yeah. Someone someone had the idea that someone somehow manipulated Bitcoin to push the price down in order for wealthy people to get in at a lower price. And then and then let it go again. Yeah. And 
Like, I'm not saying it happened. I'm not saying it didn't. But all I said, I didn't sell my Bitcoin. Yeah. And I just held on to it. I, that's one of those things. Like, I have, I've got the Bitcoin, and I'm I'm going to ride that wave. Yeah. Because if it goes to a million, mm-hmm. which some people think it will. Sweet. Yeah. I'm, I'll, 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 I'll enjoy the ride with it. Right. right. But I'm just waiting for Doge to go to a million. The problem, here's the problem <laughs> with Doge. This is, this is why I don't like Doge. There's nothing underlying it. Just like the U.S. dollar. Well, that, that is true. <laughs> so, I mean, but the, well, the thing that underlies the dollar is that it, it's like in Game of Thrones. Why do the Lannisters have the uh, the wealth? Well, what was the old saying? Yeah. A Lannister always pays its debts. Right. The U.S. government always pays its debts. Mm-hmm. That's why the dollar is worth something. Yeah. Doge doesn't have that. Doge, <laughs> you, if you can create another million Doge, and I mean, it's basically creating more dollars, right? Right. Except if you create a million more Doge, you don't have anything on the back end saying, well, a Doge always pays its debts. <laughs> I think the Doge will. <laughs> but, and and the, other, the other reason why like Ethereum has value is because technology is built off of the Ethereum network. Mm-hmm. So Ethereum itself might not be a coin that people trade off of or, or purchase off of, but other people are creating coins that you are creating technology that use the Ethereum network. Yeah. That's the, the value in Ethereum is the network, not the, the coin is just your way to buy into the network. Right. It's like buying into a company. Mm-hmm. Right. So like Doge uses the Ethereum network. Mm-hmm. Like I'd say probably, I think it was someone said like 80% of the coins out there, Mm-hmm. are built off of Ethereum. Oh, wow. And a lot of the uh, decentralized finance coins, they're called DeFi coins, mm-hmm. which are the ones that are supposed to like upset the banking industry. Um, they're built off of Ethereum, the Ethereum network. So Ethereum itself, which is why Ethereum went from about, I think it was like $800 a coin, to now, I think within the last two years, it's at four thousand a coin. Wow. Okay. Like if like if someone was gonna put money somewhere, what do I think has the best upside? Ethereum. To me, it's Ethereum. Yeah. But it's already made a huge run. Like I think it might pull back again, but I'm also not one to like I'm one to say, look, buy some now mm-hmm. to get in. And then when it goes down, that's when you buy more. Right. If it doesn't if it just keeps going up, just ride it. Mm-hmm. But if it goes down, because I think when when Bitcoin went down to like when Bitcoin went down to like twenty eight. I think Ethereum went down to like 18 and that was the time to probably buy yeah. it. But a lot of people like me are jaded. Cause I remember when Ethereum was less than a thousand bucks. Right. I thought I was like, Oh, well, I'll buy more if it goes under a thousand and never even got close. Mm-hmm. It was like, forget you. <laughs> but I mean, but with, with the supply chain though, I mean, and, and cause we're talking about supply chain. We're talking about uh, inflation. I mean, the problem for any of us is, and I'm sure someone else knows, right? Someone knows when this ends. Yeah. Because there are people that study this stuff, right? Like someone, I would say probably someone in the trucking industry kind of can feel when young truckers are getting in and they have more truckers. Like eventually that backfill is going to happen. Because mm-hmm. um, these trucking companies are losing money. Yeah. Like when they don't want a truck, they're losing money. Right. Like they've got trucks sitting on a lot, um, and they need someone to put in there, and they're gonna pay someone to drive it. Yeah. Um, Where did I see? 
one of the companies is paying people to get to, to train. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey, we're going to get you your license. You just come drive. So, but um, a, big, a big problem they say though is that they got to get someone reliable to show up too. Yeah, I mean, it's not just you, know, you get if you hire ten people, two may work out. Yeah. So it's a slow slog to get, yeah, to get you, back up. And with truck, you can't just grab someone off the street. No. <laughs> like, you can't have and, a record. Yeah. You got to be drug free. Yeah. <laughs> you got to show up on time. I mean, that's a lot of demand. Yeah. <laughs> Millennials are out. <laughs> right. Right? Yeah. Chad down at the uh, coffee shop isn't right. driving your semi-truck. Sorry, Chad. Yeah. And, but, but that goes back to what we were talking about with, you know, the, the college-educated, uh, you know, the college educated suburbanites. Yeah. They think they've got the answer mm-hmm. and the blue collar workers tell them to F off. Yeah. Like, you don't know me. Yeah. Yeah. And not, not that I'm blue collar, but you know, I, I, well, I kind of like, I had parents that had the blue collar mentality. Yeah. They and, came from that. Right. And, and I did too, at least on my, my dad's side, but you know, it's, it's funny, like the, the blue collar trucker. And there's that, that Senate race, state Senate race in New Jersey. Yeah. This guy, uh, Ed Durr, who who apparently spent one hundred fifty three dollars on his campaign is I'm not I'd have to check it to see but I think he won he beat the the city the Senate president for the New Jersey State Senate like a hugely powerful person knocked him off mm-hmm. and just spent one hundred fifty three bucks and walked around and knocked on doors and guess what he did a truck driver yep that's one less trucker <laughs> right like come on man yeah. but that but it happened drive on the weekends yeah. But it, it happened all over the place. Yeah. Um, Virginia was the, the the biggest one. And and I think that people are just, you know, I think people are getting tired of the, you know, and, and I, I'm not going to blame, and I've always said that, that I don't blame the president for the economy. Um, I think the I think it's too big for one person to control. I don't think their, all their decisions have an immediate impact. I kind of look at it like the president sailing the ship in the storm. And what he does with the ship determines how the ship rides the storm. So you can keep the do something smart. If you're in a storm, keep the bow in the wind so the waves are coming over the bow. Or you can try to do something stupid like turn to the side so the wind and waves are washing over the side of the ship. They're both decisions that you made. The storm was there regardless. Right. What he did didn't affect the storm. Yeah. Although the problem with him is. And people could say that Donald Trump did the same thing. They've been using executive orders a lot more lately. Oh yeah, because Congress is ineffective. Well, and, and they don't lazy. do anything. No, yeah. and then and then what they do is Congress passes these. They pass one bill a year. Yeah, these ridiculous omnibus spending packages that they can get through re, do through re, uh, reconciliation and all that stuff, and not have to have the the requisite number of votes to get them through and then the other good thing about it is that they can say no one needs to take any accountability for what was in it which the and and look i actually think mcauliffe lost in virginia i think one thing could have actually turned that around he could have won he wouldn't have won by a lot Mm -hmm. um, because of all the education stuff going on down there but if the House would have passed that bipartisan infrastructure bill. It would have at least said, hey, look, we can govern. Yeah. We're, we're the majority in the House and the Senate. The Senate sent you a bipartisan passed infrastructure bill. And you let 
you let people in your party stop you from passing it. Yeah. And if you would have just, you should have just said, "Look, we need a win." Yeah. Before November. Yeah. Like if you if you want to stay in the majority, we need a win. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, if we if we get in the minority in 2022, all of this stuff you're barking about. You're not going to do anything to make change. Now, some people say that's what they're there for. They're there not to have any changes. They don't want to do anything. But if you're a progressive, if you're an AOC, if you're a Bernie, and you've got the House, the Senate, and the presidency, and your party leadership comes to you and says, look, we need a win before November, then it's kind of like what Joe Manchin says. There's no one... There's some people in these parties that aren't willing to make deals. Yeah. And unfortunately, this is a country where you know, the minority, especially in the Senate, has some power. Mm-hmm. Unless you get the supermajority, if you get, unless you get that 60 votes, yeah. you got to work with the minority. Yeah. And it's, that's the that was set designed up that way. To, yes. to function that way. Absolutely. Um, but on the other side of things, that didn't help. And, and this is kind of like where the college educated, and I'm not just talking about white people or black people. It's every, a lot of these co- like hoity-toity college you know, journalists, mm-hmm. uh, professors, um, <coughs> like Jamel Hill of ESPN fame, who doesn't work there anymore. Mm-hmm. She essentially said, when when uh, Youngkin won, she said, "This is what they want." This is white supremacy. Yeah. Meanwhile, in that race, it was white guy versus white guy. What she didn't realize, though, the lieutenant governor. Yeah. Th- it-, it was a it was a Republican that beat out the Democrat. Mm-hmm. Was a black female. Yeah. Her name is Winsome Sears. Who who was a Marine? Yep. And a Jamaican immigrant. Yes. One. Yeah. And the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. She wasn't a Democrat. Yeah. And then, oh by the way. The, per, the the guy who won for attorney general, Hispanic. Yeah, he's Cuban. From the GOP. Yeah. So right now, it's so basically your white supremacy argument, like, and like the like Winsome Sears kind of like trolled Jamel Hill. Yeah. Put it. She put a picture. She it was a picture of her with her AR fifteen. Yeah. And said, basically, it was like, yeah, I don't know if it was white supremacy. <laughs> <laughs> like they also elected me. Yeah. And like, I'm surprised the attorney general didn't do the same right. thing. Like, and me. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. That's all. Look, if that if that's white supremacy going on, if that's really, like, that's literally, like, it's the Dave Chappelle skit coming to life. Yeah. <laughs> Where Clayton Bixby <laughs> is the white supremacist. Like, <laughs> like for all of you don't know, that don't yeah. know, when Dave Chappelle was doing the Chappelle show, he did this skit where there was a, a black white supremacist. And nobody knew, like, because he, he was always in the Klan robes. So and his hands always had the gloves, so nobody knew he was black until like he won and he was blind, so he didn't know he was black. <laughs> so he fi- and then finally at the end of the skit he goes up and he starts saying this racist trope or whatnot, and then he, he takes off he takes off his hood and they're all like <gasps> and he, at the end he goes, White power <laughs> It was just like this black guy, this is funny. But so essentially like and it was kinda like what they did with Larry Elder. Mm-hmm. The, it was like what, what they call them, the black face of white power. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, which like none of it, but it's like regular people, this logic doesn't make sense no, when you say things like that. Right? It, people 
regular people look at that and say, wait, that, like, huh? Right. <laughs> but the, the, the people that, and a lot of these, you know, all these pundits, they, they live in two cities. Yeah. They live in New York and Los Angeles. And they want to, to, to tout themselves as being worldly and educated. They live in their own little echo chamber. They, they associate with the same people. And let's throw D.C. in there. Cause a lot of them operate out of D.C. too. But they live in these little... They don't, they, they don't talk to anyone that doesn't look or act or think like them. Doesn't think you like know? them. Yeah. They might all look different. Right. They, they don't all think, think the same. Um, and they, you know, that group's been ignoring black and brown voices for forever. Look what they did to Tim Scott. <laughs> you know? Thomas Sowell is a brilliant economist. Um, but no, nobody knows about him, though. No, 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 no one knows anything about him. But you know, it's they'll 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 trope you know drag out whoever to to hammer on their talking points. So it's it's sad, but it was it was refreshing to see that, and not necessarily Greg. Uh, What's his name? Greg Young. Glenn, Glenn, Glenn Young. Glenn Young. He just looks like your average like. He's a schlub. Yeah. He's like oh hey, I used to run a business. Yeah. But the, you know what? Here's the the other part of it is though. He's this rich white dude, right? But he's not talking down yeah. to, to blue collar regular American people. Mm-hmm. Or or even like when the like when all these mothers and down in Loudoun County were upset about uh, you know critical race theory yeah. being taught in schools. The left's response to that was critical race theory isn't taught in schools. There, like it's literally well, on I heard the, today there there is no critical race. Right, there is no. It's literally on the Department of Education, the State of Virginia Department of Education's website. Mm-hmm. It was on there. Yeah. In Sacramento, like race based teaching. Yeah. Is listed in the Sacramento Unified School District's website. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm not like I, I don't care whether people think that's good or bad, right? But to think people are stupid enough to the point where you say it's not a thing. Right. Or it's not being taught there when they're seeing it being taught. Like, right. Especially like, with the kids being home. Well, that was the thing. When kids were at home, you parents see what, saw what the kids yeah. were being taught. Yeah. Right? And, and I heard some stuff, even with my little guys, I was like, what's that? And I'd listen to it. And like, that's... And then I'd have to, like, tell the kids, like, everything you just heard, there's a lot more to it than that. And here's the thing. I have no... And the, the way the left makes it seem is that it's... It's white supremacy, and no one wants to hear the perspective of anyone that's not white. Not true. The thing is, I want to hear the perspective of all the different uh, people that make up this country. The the perspective of what happened in, you know, throughout history. So, um, I think we touched on it a little bit when we were when we were doing our political outing. But you know what what happened with you know with European settlers and, and Native Americans. And one of the things is, like, those cultures, they were, they were warriors. They were fighters. Mm-hmm. And now, granted, there's a technological advantage. There's a lot of swindling that went on. Um, and these people were cheated out of land and this and that. And I'm not going to justify that, what, what happened to them. Um, but they weren't helpless actors. When, there's nuance there. Right, exactly. When, when, the, when the colonists, when the, when the Americans, at the beginning of the Revolutionary War, were fighting the British Army... They copy the tech, the, the tactics and techniques that they learned from the Native Americans because it was effective. Right. So they weren't helpless people, and I think it belittles them to go and say that they're that they're these that they were just abused and help. Now, and granted, like th- awful things happen 
to them, but it, it, it doesn't, to me, it doesn't taint the entire founding of the country. I think the world's a better place with the United States in it. And I think that's where people have the problem is it's like everything is evil. Um, the way this stuff's being taught. So, so that's kind of the, the, but there's no nuance. You, right. It's not a zero sum game. Right. But I guess when, when people, and this happened when, it happened when Trump won the first time in 2016. And I remember very vividly because I was still watching MSNBC at the time. Rachel Maddow's reaction to him winning. Mm-hmm. She, I think it, she said something along the lines of, this is what you voted for, America. Thank you. Yeah. This is what you really wanted. Like, you just said that. If, if Let's say all of America watched MSNBC, which they, which they don't. Right. You just belittled half the country. Right. That voted for this dude. Yeah. And and then from then on, it was, if you, you voted for him, you Trumpers. Mm-hmm. Or whoever it was, you voted for him. And now, it, like it was just the continuous talking down to these people. Yeah. And I mean, believe it or not, in 2020, he actually got more votes than he did in 2016. Mm-hmm. Just so happens, the Democrats got out every single vote they could get out, and they and he won. Yeah. But he made inroads with every minority group. Yeah. Trump did. He got more votes with every minority group. Yep. Than he did in 2016. Yeah. Um. But I guess, I guess my point is though, when when they do this, when they talk down to people, they don't realize how many people they're talking down to. Yeah. Like they, it's like 71 million voters. Think <laughs> about that. Yeah. That was his 71 million votes was more votes than any other presidential candidate other than Joe Biden, mm-hmm. who we happen to be running against. Yeah. You're, it's like my fantasy football team. Like yeah. I will lose, a, I'll have the second most points. Right. But I played the team that got the most points yeah. every single week. Right. So. right. And, <laughs> but you're you're not going to win votes back by talking down to these people. Like you're the savior. Right. You're, you're there to save them. Right. Like I, they were literally showing clips. Excuse me. They were literally showing clips of the View, which I'm sure is oh, that's. A, high, blo- a black high society, hole, right? yeah. <laughs> but basically, like there were two two women on there. I think it was Sherry Shepard. I think was one of them. She was trying to say, "Look, I'm I'm not going to invalidate all these people." Like, in I guess they were talking about like the vaccine or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, they, like there is like she was like there is nuance in this. You can't just talk down to them. You're not going to just shout them down and have them and be like, "Oh, this is what's going to turn them around." Yeah. Meanwhile, the lady next to her, I think Sunny Hostin is her name. She's like, well, if they voted for Trump and they're not going to take the vaccine, I'm not, I got nothing to say to these people. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. And, and then, like, there was a video clip of Amy Schumer holding her kid. Mm-hmm. And she's like, here it is, y'all. Here it is. The vaccine's ready for him. And once I get this vaccine and my kids, forget the rest of you. I'm going to forget. I hope you all die. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, Die. Did you hear yourself? Yeah. yeah. You just wish death on another human being. Yeah. But you're the righteous one? Right. You're the righteous one. You're the one on the right here. You just wish death on people because they wouldn't go because they won't get a vaccine. Meanwhile, them not having a vaccine doesn't harm you at all. Right. Because you got your vaccine. You're safe. You're good. Your kid is now safe yeah. according to you. Yeah. But you're the righteous one. Yeah. And the thing is, like, you know, 
I encourage you to do it. Like, but I don't want you to die. She literally said, <laughs> "Yeah." She she said she wanted she was gonna go get COVID on purpose and go cough on people that didn't get vaccinated. <laughs> That's attempted murder. Yeah, you better listen. And she's putting that on video. Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna go. Like not only are you that dumb that you just went. If you let's say you go do that, let's say you actually get the nuts to do it, which you which she won't. No, it's all talk. It's all rhetoric. But yeah. let's say she went and did it. That's premeditated murder for you. Yeah. Keep that video. Right. Good for you, <laughs> oh righteous one. Right. Because I think didn't Sarah Silverman do the same thing? Yeah, there were there were a bunch of them that were saying that that they didn't care, like you know the people who didn't get the vaccine or you know deserve to die. They don't. The, they don't. They they should be turned away from hospital. Jimmy yeah. Kimmel. They should be turned away from hospitals. Yeah. Like, do you hear yourself? Right. And 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 that that whole rhetoric, I think, just wore on people. Oh yeah. And they're like. You know, I, I don't know what I am, but I know I'm not that. I'm not that. I don't hate people. Like we're we're two mm. vaccinated people. Yeah, our wives are both vaccinated. Yep. Our kids are probably going to be vaccinated. Yeah, soon, uh, soon or later, one way they're probably going to get it. We are in vaccination camp, right? Yeah. Um, might wait a little bit for the kids, but I don't know. Whatever. But yeah. See how it plays out. <laughs> right. <laughs> See if anyone else. Can yeah. right. I don't want them to die. I'm not going to any shoot around. I'm going to try and go kill some people. Right. But, I'm not know. betting against no. them. <laughs> right, right, right. But you know, it's two people that have it. I'm not going around saying, I got mine. Hope you die. Right. Yeah. I'm going to, in fact, I'm going to go get COVID and lick your face. Right. So you can die. Right. Because right. I know you don't have it. Just, and, and you want to, I'm going to go to the hospital and tell them not to take you in after I lick your face. Right. So you do die. Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. You, you hear yourself, right? What if what if they had done the same thing with AIDS? <laughs> right. Seriously, like, oh my god! Because in the in the eighties, they they thought that AIDS was going to kill everyone. Mm-hmm. When really it, it affected uh, uh, intravenous drug user, users were and homosexuals were the uh, homosexual men were the ones initially that were really getting affected by it, and then kind of it spread out it through spread other out, things. Yeah. But that those were the populations that were really getting hammered by it. But they thought that everyone was going to get it. So what if they came out and said, hey, you know what? If you're if you're a homosexual male, because you're more likely to get it, or you're, I hope you die. What, 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 where is that okay? And by the way, and, and for people that don't know, or haven't been affected by AIDS, my uncle's partner died from AIDS. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw that progression. Yeah. It's not, it's not a pretty death. Right. Like, could you imagine? Like, and I'm sure there probably were at some point. We just don't know because their social media wasn't out there that then, mm-hmm. or that wasn't wasn't as it wasn't out there. There was, was none of it. Yeah. Could you imagine if the people were going online like they are now? Mm-hmm. Well, I hope they die. I hope they. I hope they get it and they die. Yeah. Like, get the what the? Where's your humanity at that right. point? Right. It's like. They literally see it as, well, I can't leave my house because you won't get vaccinated. That's nuts. That's just crazy talk. Yeah. But that's what they've been. That's what I can't drive my car because you're not wearing your seatbelt. Right. I don't want you to crash and die, but I'm covered. You know, like that's just, I don't, I don't see where the logic is. And I think a lot of people saw that breakdown, Mm -hmm. but you have this, this, and I hate saying the mainstream media because it gets thrown around, but you have this group of people that have. Anointed, they're 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 self-anointed, but they're partisan. They're not objective, right? And then you see the things they're saying that just doesn't make sense. Um, you know, if hey, this we need to 
clean this couch off. And then you say, there's no couch there. Right. Like, what? Right. There is. I can, I can see it. Nope, right. not there. Right. It's like, there's no CRT there. Right. Yo, know, I just saw my kid getting, like, it was in my kid's lesson the yeah. other day. Yeah. It's like, you're literally trying to tell people, like, like the, I guess the whole fake news thing came about, what was that, like, back in 16 with Trump or something, trying to say yeah. fake news, fake It's like, people are actually, like, they're putting out fake news. And pretending it's real. Yeah. Like, it's like the Mirage, it's like the oasis in the desert. Yeah. Like, people think this is real. Yeah. Or think that something is real. Well, people don't think this thing is real. Right. Meanwhile, other people are actually living it. Yeah. And they're seeing it. Right. And you're trying to tell them that it's not real. Right. But it's real. Right. It doesn't exist. Right. And, and that's- and People that's, are like, do you think I'm that stupid? Right. And, and, if you're, and if you're that stupid and that's, like, you think I'm that stupid and that's the side that you're- supporting then guess what i'm supporting the other side regardless of anything else and you know um and i don't know a, a ton about the whole crt thing right. so i'm not gonna sit here and pontificate about it. i know the thing is no child should be told that the race their the they're the, an immutable char- characteristic that their race has anything to do with their who they are as a person i i, I was under the impression that that we were past that, but we're not. So, um, it's just, but when, when you have a side that's just denying it, like it's, that's not there. Oh, we're not doing that. It's just gaslighting on a whole nother level. It's, it's like, you're saying like, it's like, I own, I own a blue car <laughs> and someone's going to come over and tell me I don't own a car at all. Right. There's like, no car there. It's in my, it's in my driveway. Right. <laughs> like I'm, like I'm, what, you mean like the bank owns it because right. I'm paying making payments? Sure, I'll give okay. you that one. I'll give you that one. No, no, no. There's no blue car there at all. Right. Do you mean the thing with the four wheels and the I can get like look, I'm sitting in it right now. <laughs> I I could start it up for you if you yeah. want. No, no, it, that's not there. Yeah. It's like people think that like that's certified nuts. Mm-hmm. And guess what? You because of that. You lost a state that the president carried by over 10 points. Yeah. Like, and you didn't just lose the governor's seat. You lost the lieutenant governor's seat and the attorney general's seat. Yeah, I think every, just about every, even the, the state senate, the, leg- yeah, the, the legislature yeah. races. You lost it. Yeah. Like, because you're nuts. Yeah. Because you decided to talk down to people. Actually, you went beyond talking down to people. Yeah. You decided to try and play the old okie doke and tell them stuff wasn't real. Yeah, like they, they like they talk about fake news all the time. Mm-hmm. What happens when they're the fake news? Yeah, but the thing is, <laughs> because they're the establishment media, if you question them, you're the crazy one. Right? Yeah. You know, it's no that we're, we're we're you know we're we're telling the truth. We're the we're the the trusted source. Yeah. The trusted source. Like you, you get everything wrong, right? You haven't got anything. You haven't got any of this right. Yeah, and it's it's crazy. And and you know, I I don't think either one of us is is against, you know, like like teaching other perspectives and learning. No, but let's you know this or that conversation about it. Right. Not just because you say it doesn't mean just because you you just because you feel it doesn't mean it's real. Right. Like. There's another podcast they say, all feelings, no facts, mm-hmm. right? That's what they're doing on that show. All feelings, no facts, yeah. right? Well, it's like your feelings don't mean we now put in 
legislation or educational policy based on your feelings. Right. Because it might not be reality. Yeah. But if you say it enough, it's like if you talk it, you talk it into reality. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what kind of happened. Like some of these yeah. people talked about this stuff so much, they got people in power that put it into reality. Yeah. And it's like now the rest of the, the people that were asleep at the wheel mm-hmm. didn't know what was going on. And then pandemic hit, pandemic hit, kids were home, saw it happening. Yeah. Then they got involved. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah. This is not, not going to happen. And, and for people that think it's just white people that don't like CRT, oh, no, no. Oh, yeah. A lot of, a lot of, a lot of minorities hate CRT. Yeah. yeah. And be, because it, we were all, like, at least in our generation, we were all brought up with the Martin Luther King saying of, you know, content of character not color of skin right like that's what we should be judged on yeah and now it's like all of a sudden oh no no we we need to we're going to judge on color of skin first yeah and that's about it (laughs) like what yeah yeah that's just to me it's just completely not how i was brought up you know absolutely just completely foreign right to to me you know and it's but again it's not a denial of bad things that happened no, it's it's no not a, thought that yeah. everything was peaches and cream right. in the past. Right. I mean, I'll be like the U.S. government hasn't been like the the most <laughs> complete angelic actor in the <laughs> right. right altruistic actor out there. It was all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah, unicorn you know. poop. Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> but we we fart rainbows. Yeah, like no one hears. I mean, if you've listened to any episodes of this show, you can pretty much that right. <laughs> but like, no no one is saying that the U.S. government or any has been. And the motives of people, you know, three, four hundred years ago were completely pure and altruistic. No. Um, no one's denying that. And I think what they're doing is they're saying, well, if you deny these aspects of CRT, you're also denying that. Right. And that's not true at all. Two things can be true at once. Correct. Again, nuance. Yeah. But yeah. Somehow we got to hear from uh, supply chain. Supply chain. Although it's, I'm, I'm sure, it makes sense. I'm sure it's all kind of tied together. Yeah. at some point but the segue was good it, it must have been because i don't <laughs> i don't even know how we got here but yeah. uh but hopefully hopefully you guys enjoyed this one i know we we kind of strayed from uh we tried not to talk politics the last three episodes so um hopefully you know this brought back some some interesting conversation of that something a little more current event style um hopefully you enjoyed the show please like subscribe comment share especially share hopefully we're going to We've got quite a few listeners now. Not a ton, but quite a few. If everyone shares it with one person, that'd be great. We'd appreciate it. And we will see you next time.